I'm Craig Davis, and you're listening to the Lion of Vienna podcast. Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Line of Vienna Suite proudly brings to you the greatest Baltimore Wanderers podcast in the known galaxy. Welcome back, everyone, to week 12 uh, of the Love Pod. Week 12, wow, can't believe we've, we've been doing this for three months. It feels like a lot longer, I'll be honest with you. Um, learning how to do it, starting from scratch, not really having much of a response in the first couple of weeks, but everything that's happened since has been brilliant. Uh, and we are, as always, appreciative of your uh, efforts in listening and subscribing to us. A uh, couple of little points before we make a, a start on the pod proper tonight. Yeah, you may notice a, a column up on the website, com at the moment, just indicating a few changes behind the scenes. Um, as you may or you may not know, Dennis has, has chosen to take a back seat from now on. Um, he's devoted, what, at least five years to the website, um, a lot of it in charge of the, of the place as well. He's responsible for the successes lately too. Um, so we want to make, wish him all the best, and of course he's welcome back whenever he feels like it. Um, you're probably not really going to notice many changes, actually, the way the website runs, um, except people are going to answer to me now, rather than answering to Dennis. So, you know, it's a new era. Um, we're not going to be going around stealing football shirts off kids or anything like that. Nothing's going to change. Um, just keep your eye on the website. More great content coming over the summer. We're trying to keep as busy as we possibly can. Obviously, there's weeks where not a lot really goes on in the world of Bolton Wanderers, especially when it comes to transfers, because we ain't got a pot to piss in. Um, But it's Sunday night. No, it's not. It's Monday night. What we're talking about It's a bank holiday, and I'm joined by the lovely Dan and the lovely Liam. Lovely Liam, have you had a nice bank holiday weekend, mate? Yeah, it was lovely, yeah. Um, Went to a nice wedding. Really beautiful day for it. Lovely. Brilliant. Dan? Yeah, it's been alright. I went out last night and I'm still hanging at my ass. So let's get this overdone fairly swiftly. <laughs> well, on that bombshell, I think we'd better had. Um, just want to say thank you as well to Craig Davis, the, the, the now departed Craig Davis. Um, he's not dead, but he's left Bolton Wanderers for the lovely introduction to the podcast there. Um, these were facilitated by our friend Daniel Hulker at Bolton Wanderers. Uh, very kindly gave us access to record these uh, these intros and so we thank him for that and hopefully we may have some more coming in the new season with our new signings but we'll see mm. so we'll dive straight in for se- segment one is probably going to be quite similar over the course of the summer um a bit of a rumor roundup covered a few of the topics that have been breaking in wondrous world in last uh, last week or so talking about a few of the myths a few of the rumors a few of the lies um anything that we can think of that's going to fill a little bit of airtime. um so we'll start off with the one one move that appears to be nearing completion, which is the transfer of Gary Medine. Obviously, he was on loan at Blackpool last year, scored three goals in 15 games, which on its own isn't too great. But when you consider the context, the circumstances of he had playing at Blackpool in the probably the worst team the league has ever seen, don't think it's too bad. Um, Dan, um, Gary Medine, when you first heard the, na- the, the name and then the connection to Wanderers, what was your reaction? It was one of like self-realisation of just how shite we have become. Mm. Nothing really against Medina. It's just like it was like a few years ago when we first signed Dan's. I had the same reaction, just throwing shit out of the pram because it is such an underwhelming name. And I know we've not got any money, and I know we're not a big team anymore. We can't attract names unless they're decrepit and aging. But it's just can we not muster anything better? I'd rather, and how we're going to come on to players from the lower leagues soon. Um, I'd rather us take a punt on a low. Well, I suppose Gary Medina is really, because that's where he's played most of his years. But I'd rather go on a point on a young player from lower leagues rather than, you know, an aging. He's not that old, but. He's only 24. Yeah. He's, but you know he's what I mean? He's obviously. A striker. Been off, yeah, been off the scene a little bit when he's yeah. been serving time. Yeah, but like, I'd rather go for something a bit unknown than a player who's mm-hmm. been around for a bit and not set the world alight. Yeah, well, he was. On, I've got a couple of mates who are Sheffield Wednesday fans, and they, they you know semi-affectionately titled him the goal machine Gary Medine and part of it was a bit of self-deprecating humour because his goal record isn't that great um, but Liam over the years seeing Medine playing for Wednesday playing for uh, for Blackpool have you got any memories that stand out do you think he'll make a big difference at Wanderers he seems a decent player from what I've seen in the past I've never watched him for you know a run of games if you will but we have no. faced him quite a few times so from what I can remember I remember thinking that Particularly a game 
against Sheffield Wednesday away at Hillsborough. I remember him being quite influential um, in that game. So I wasn't too distraught, and I think it's the sort of player that we will be going after now. You know, he's a big lad. He's six foot three, I think he is. Yeah. You know, so he fits into what we would consider a bottom wonder striker. I look at his record, and in comparison to other strikers that we've had, it's it's you know it's not too bad. Like you say, one no. one in five most recently at Blackpool. Contextually, he's, he's pretty good actually, and I think uh, I think he's been the first to congratulate himself on that from, uh, from what I've read. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, as for the jail time, I don't think that's any of our business. You know, it, <laughs> I mean, what can you do? He's he's served his time. He's he's done it. I've, that's that's my view on that. It's a decent yeah. signing, but what the only thing that does concern me is how much Sheffield Wednesday don't seem to want him. Mm. That's the only thing that really concerns me about it. But in that, I think in the same breath, that could also be of a benefit because he's come in here with something to prove. He's even said that I want to prove my doubters wrong and all that type of thing. So he's got the in fairness to him, he's got this correct correct mindset to want to do well, and I think. If he's not going to cost too much, which if we're signing him, you'd expect, you'd expect he's not going to cost that much. And he's coming in with this correct attitude, and no doubt Lennon will be able to harness that attitude and put it in, make get the best out of him, really. And I think it could work. It's just a name that does not inspire any sort of confidence or excitement, really. No, I think you're both right. And it is a, it is a reflection of where we are, and it is the reflection of the market we're shopping in. Um, it's very similar, I think, to when we signed Craig Davis. Obviously, the situation was ever so slightly different that we paid actual cash money for, for Davis. But he described it himself at the time as you know the best opportunity of his career. And, and looking at McGarry Medine's career to date, I mean, he's had time, what, Carlisle, Chesterfield, Coventry, Wednesday. Um, he's only played in the Championship once before 2012, and that's when he was, uh, he was on loan at Coventry, and he, he played nine games without scoring. So he, he's not... Um, he's not exactly experienced at this level, but he has got something to prove. Um, I totally agree with Liam about his, his past. I mean, you know, everyone's done stupid things. And obviously, as a footballer, it's a bit more high profile. But he's done time um, for assault, I think, one as well. Um, I think it might have been both assault, actually. So he's obviously a bit of a fiery personality, which isn't always a bad thing. Um, but time will tell. Um, he's reportedly completed his medical. And also, word is that he's, he's extremely cheap. Salary wise, as well, talking less less than Craig Davies. And the opinion of, of the Wednesday fans was that he was a bit of a brute, a bit of a bruiser. So, obviously, he's been brought in to play that sort of role at Wanderers. So, you never know. He'll come off the bench a few times, maybe be a bit of an upgrade or an alternative to uh, to Connor Wilkinson, who himself was in the paper this week. Actually, I don't know if you noticed um, the Dean Holden's comments. Uh, yeah. Dan, did you see those comments about him about? Uh, assessing the the potential of, Wil- of Wilkinson. Yeah, it's certainly promising because I think we've all had our doubts over Wilkinson with the appearances he's made for Bolton thus far. Like, I think he was, he's always looked quite overwhelmed and uninterested at times. Like, like he's been like, like the the occasion, like the occasions got to him. Like, especially against Liverpool when he came on, he just never got near to the ball really. And he was against experienced Premier League defenders, fair enough. But you know what I mean. You expect just a bit more. Um, a bit more craft, a bit more taking the initiative from young players like Clough and Villa. But so I do. So it is promising to hear that he's clearly highly rated. I do think he'll get a good chance under Lennon in the summer. I just, I just think he needs to fill out a bit. To yeah. be honest. It's just, he's just, a, you know, he's only a young lad. And like I said uh, last week on the podcast, some, he, he does look a bit slight. But that will come in time. Obviously, he's got talent. Lennon, Lennon obviously likes him to keep him around the first team. And and I agree, probably was a little bit overwhelming uh, for him to come in and, and play Liverpool at Anfield and struggle. But then again, I, I think you're only human if that kind of response um, doesn't affect you in the same way. I mean, Liam, what do you think about Wilkinson's chances for the future at Wanderers? For the future, you know, there's nothing to say that he won't come good. He's got the stature, the physique. From what I've seen, he is quite tidy on the ball. He looked a bit overawed, didn't look ready. But at least under Lennon, we're seeing that these young players aren't ready, if they're not ready. They've, we've given the opportunity and they've shown that they're not ready. Yeah. So we're getting him out on loan. So I think under Lennon, he's got every chance. Yeah, I think it's the right thing to do. Farm him out to the, the, lower, the lower leagues, get him having a little bit of uh, little bit of experience, maybe toughen him up a little bit and, and see what happens when we get back, when he comes back. Um, OK, great. So, so moving on, we've got other transfer targets in mind. The, 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 one of the most uh, advanced, it seems, is uh, Craig Morgan at Rotherham. Um, also his teammate, Ben Pringle, who's also... Turned down a new contract at Rotherham. No real connection linking him to the Wanderers, but it just seemed interesting that both both rejected the contracts on the same day. 
Um, again, we had a, web, a comment on the website from one of the Rotherham fans who we contacted on Twitter last week, so thanks for that, lad. Um, basically saying that with Morgan, you're getting a no-nonsense, basic sort of Paddy McCarthy-type clump of a defender, but a reliable and a consistent one, which is something that we've missed all over the, t- the last couple of years with the likes of Mills, Devee, Ream, Wheat, uh, solid in the best moments, but a bit unreliable in the worst. Um Captain of Rotherham, uh, Liam, I'll come to you first. Um, do you remember seeing anything of Morgan really when we played them this last season or at least, you know, otherwise not on the telly or elsewhere? No, I don't remember if I'm being honest. It, no. it takes a lot to notice a centre-half's display. I just will touch on something that you said, though. You, you know, you rattled off quite a few centre-backs that, that we uh, that we signed recently. Before we signed them, I think pretty much all of them were described to us as solid, consistent, you yeah. know, traditional mm-hmm. centre-halves and they've, they've all seemed to uh, not necessarily hit the standards that, that we've been looking for. Now, perhaps we're sort of spoiled with some of the defenders that we've had over the recent years, but I must admit, I mean, I'm very hopeful that Morgan doesn't fall into the same uh, the same pattern as those other defenders that you mentioned. No, most definitely. And, and Dan, the same question to yourself. Have you, do you remember anything of Morgan? Because I must confess, no. same as Liam, I, I don't particularly remember him when we played him, but obviously Lennon's known about him. He's probably done some scouting of these players when he was up at Celtic as well, so they're probably not all a complete mystery to him. And of course, he uh, he did rejig the entire scouting network at the club about two or three months ago, so he's got to trust his men out in the field, surely. Yeah, I, I confess I know literally nothing about him, but to be a part of the defence that kept a quite shocking Rotherham United side in the Championship, he can't be all too bad. And if he is a, a rough-and-tumble defender, he'll take a you know, take it by scruff at neck when it needs to be, then we've been lacking that type of grit for a long time. And another thing is that he is the captain and we have no leaders in that squad whatsoever. So apart from maybe Good Johnson and Heskey, who are like more lead by example type people, we've got no real like leader of men type captain. So I'd be gone. It's interesting that you say that, Dan, but I think that stands for the other three as well. I think Mills, David and Wheater yeah. are all captains at the clubs they were at. So we just look, we, even yeah. though it's moved from Friedman to Lennon, it just seems to me that we're after the same type of centre back and we're trying the same thing over and over again. Yeah, well, Mills definitely was. He was captain at Reading and then he went to Leicester and made, was made captain straight away by Sven Gunn Eriksson, wasn't he? But then he got completely frozen out of the side and came to us as a bit of an embarrassment, didn't he? I don't think Devete was, and Wheater may have been, but I think Wheater is, but he's just not. He's not fit enough, is he? He keeps getting injured, which no. is a shame because he's a really good defender, actually. When he came back from injury that time, and I think, I can't remember what game it was, but he, I think I gave my only 10 of the season to him because he was amazing, to be fair to him. So well, he was definitely captain at Borough um, yeah. before he came away with him, being a local lad as well. Yeah, but course. it's interesting as, as well, we commented last week about the Wanderers maybe starting to, to import youth academy, youth products from other, other teams, maybe those that have been cast off. And it seems like maybe we're doing the same now in terms of bringing in. You know, it's maybe not a bad idea, I should say, for Lennon to do, look at doing that in terms of captaincy as well. Because mm. if these players have got the mentality that he wants, obviously they've been used to leading the teams elsewhere, and that sort of mentality can only rub off on the players we've already got, and yeah. uh, hopefully try and improve that that sort of weakness that we've had in the last twelve months. Uh, Liam, do you think that's valid? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll have some of that. I mean, I do trust Lennon and his scouting network. Obviously, from his time at Celtic, he proved and proved and proved that. He was very successful in that. So I'm more than happy to trust Neil at this stage. And if it's someone that we're looking to bring in, again, you know, let's see how he gets on. Fair dues, fair dues. Okay, that's interesting. Pringle, again, we've not really been linked with Pringle. He's just been one that we kind of commented on at the same time. Uh, you know, the, the report from the uh, from James, the, the Rotherham fan, was that he was, you know, a bit average. I'd had a good cross on him, um, mm. but nothing special. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one and see if that one develops at all with Pringle. Um, okay, great, no problem at all. So, so moving on, um, I don't know if you again. There's been a few rumours this Bank Holiday weekend. I've not been online too much uh, with family commitments and so on, but I noticed that the rumours coming out of Wanderers about Good Johnson apparently wanted a, an improvement, a significant improvement on the contract he signed last season, which, from all the information received, was was quite decent in Bolton's favour. It was basically a pay-as-you-play contract, probably costing the club. In the region, about five thousand pound a week, which is you know about average Craig David style money. We'll call it that. Um, Dan, first of all, I don't want any money. Have you have you read anything? Have you heard anything? Or yeah. uh, what do you think? I did. I did see the rumor from old good old Nixon. So I so because it is Nixon, I do tend to half believe it because I 
I'm not going into the debate, but yeah, I think he deserves it. Like a lot of people are quite angry at him. I think on two different levels. I think a we would have been quite in a mess without him last season. He could score some important goals for us, and he's a quality player. And if he's only, we don't know the actual details of the contract, so maybe he just wants to move from a pay as you play to a steady wage. Which I should think so. And with, with him coming to the end of his career, you would want you know you want a steady. Pay. He could get injured in the first season. He could be fucked for the rest of the season. So he does. He needs to think of his own stability. But on the other hand, I think we've seen with fans' reactions to players wanting to leave clubs and contracts and stuff, a lot with Raheem Sterling and Liverpool in the past couple of weeks. And I think fans of football clubs just really need to realise that players or clubs absolutely nothing. It's right. they've got to they've got to make their own willing. They're not willing. Their own living and get by. And they can't, you know take sentiment into account on most occasions when you've got negotiating contacts and stuff. I think people just need to chill out a bit and realise, you know, it's not all about loyalty and all that type of stuff mean very little and you need to get over that. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And it, and it, it is, you know, disappointing from one perspective, but when you put your sensible head on and you think about it, why shouldn't he ask for a bit more yeah. money? Especially when he's because worth he's, it. He's, yeah, he's worth it. He's proven that, uh, that you know, he's proven that he can still he can still cut it at this level. And I'm sure... If Wanderers didn't take him on, he'd probably get a, a job somewhere else. And so why shouldn't he ask for a little bit more money? I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I'd like him to re-sign. Obviously, it's got to be in the club's best financial interest. Um, Liam, if you were in Wanderers' shoes, would you you know, give in, if that's the right term, to these demands? Or, or would you play hardball and say, look, pal, we, we took you off the scrap heap and, uh, and we put you back into everyone's, everyone's mind? So you know, how about showing us a bit of loyalty in exchange? It's typical Nixon, isn't it? You know, does a lot of information missing, so a lot of people have jumped to conclusions. I mean, what do I think's happening? I think it's just a case of either asking the question. This is standard nego- negotiation. He's jumping into... His contract has ended, so he's there to sign a new contract. Now, obviously, he's going to try and get the best deal for himself. That's no slight on Bolton Wanderers. That's no... That's just, that's just natural negotiation. It seems to me that I think that that's what's going, going to be happening. How... Should Bolton maybe pay him more? Probably not, really. You know, he's a 36-year-old striker. There is a lot of players available on a free, you know, this summer, more than more than usual. So, if it's a case of him wanting a significantly improved deal, then, you know, that's something to look at. But what do I really think is happening? I think he's just asking the question, like any normal person would do. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right, I th- and I, I guess there is there is a bit of you know gamesmanship going on in there for for both sides because obviously we we know we've not got a lot of money, but he knows at the same time that we value him and want to keep him. So I guess, like you say, what, what's the harm in saying, well, if you if you think I'm that important, then then you know show me where put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. And I don't blame him for that, and I'm sure they'll, they'll come to an agreement at some point because he he's obviously settled. Len obviously likes him. I, I don't think there's going to be a problem in the long term now. The same might not be able to be said for Prattley. And the latest Bolton news report I read was that there was the talks had, had broken down with a the real prospect that Prattley is going to be moving on, which is a surprise to to me. Um, but is it a surprise to you, Liam? Yeah, to be honest, I would have thought, particularly with how much he featured pre-injury and the responsibility that that Lennon gave him, that we'd you know pull out the stops a little bit to try and keep him in. Yeah. But perhaps, perhaps our hands are tied that much that we're seeing. Players like, you know, Darren Prattley leaving. It'd be quite an ominous sign, to be honest, because, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking an, a championship player. Now, granted, we're, he's still probably one of the players on something like Premier League wages, given where mm. we were when we originally signed him. And perhaps that's where the problem lies. But, yeah, it would be sad to lose him. But I imagine he's going to be one of the top earners. And really, for what he gives you, there is others available. But I, I just... I think they may well be quite far apart on them too. Yeah, um, Dan, I mean, what, how, do, how do you assess the practice situation? Are you surprised? Are you not um, surprised? you think, again, he's just trying to see if the club value him as much as they appear to? I think it's a little surprising on his part because I don't see... I don't. I, I, I admire his tenacity to think he'd get any better anywhere else because well, he's had two good three-month spells in three years, three Four, yeah. three, four years? Three, four years at the club. Oh, yeah, I think he's his fourth, his fourth yeah. season at Bolton now. So he's had two good three-month spells in his four years here, and I, admi- I do admire his tenacity to think he could get anything better than what we're offering. But like I said he's probably having to take a huge wage cut, you'd imagine, after coming in when we're in the Premier League. So it would be interesting. And 
like I said last week, I don't think he's as pivotal to keep as Bogdan or anyone else really. I think he's aging. He's just come back from a bad hamstring hamstring tear, and like Liam said, he doesn't. He's not a skillful. He's not that skillful a player. He's your workhorse. He's your brute who does all your running for you. And my only worry is that Lennon wants him because Lennon clearly rates him highly and got the best out of him. And it puts a monkey wrench into his plans for next season if he doesn't have Pratley there. But I do think he is replaceable, and we shouldn't. It would be like like Liam said, it would be quite ominous thinking Darren Pratley left us because we couldn't afford him. <laughs> so that'd be a bad sign of the times. But um, yeah, I don't think. There's better. I think we could easily. He's one of the players we could replace quite easily. I think. I think we yeah. could replace him already. We've got. If if we presume London wants to play more of a four two for three one next season and puts Clough in the middle of the three, you can have Mark Davis and Vella if Vella bulks up a bit in that middle. So I was just going to say. Yeah. I was just going to say if you're looking for someone to do a lot of running and and just keep the ball moving, passing it on to the to the better footballers, then then Vella's already in place. So maybe why. Why would you? Uh, why would you consider that for somebody else? But mm. again, I, I agree with you both. I agree with you both. I think this is the sort of player, the sort of uh, deal where we, we need to play hardball a little bit. You know, take it or leave it. You want to stay, stay. Great. If you don't, don't. Fine. But make the decision early and move on because then we can. We've got the whole summer to plan and prepare. We don't want to be mm. having contract situations dragging on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I suspect they won't in this case. But uh, it should be a warning to the club, especially how we've had our, our pants pulled down in the past. Um, you never know, Stu Alden might come back and replace him, all things sorted. Sorry, I just got distracted <laughs> oh, by that pig, that pig flying past my window then outside. Oh, uh, I, I'd, love, I'd love Stu to come back, but uh, yeah, that, that's a bit of one of your hangover dreams, I think that, mate. Definitely, but it's okay yeah. to dream, it's okay. Of course it is, of course it is, what's life without, without joy? Moving on to uh, the final contract, Rebel, so to speak, um, and Bogdan, again, absolutely no word, positive or negative, but the fact it's dragging on isn't good, is it, Liam? No, and if I'm being open, I never, ever thought we'd get Bogdan. Of all the contracts that were there to be signed, I, th- I really thought this was the problematic one because he's got to sit there with his agent and just think, is Bolton Wanderers, staying at Bolton Wanderers, the best move in my career? He might absolutely love it here, but is it realistically the best move that Adam Bogdan can make? It I prob- probably isn't, really. So... It's going to take some offer for him to stay, and I don't think we've got the resources, and I just don't think it's going to happen. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, as a professional, he has to back himself to do better than us, and as cynical and as sad as it may seem, he he can't really... I'd love him to. I I, don't, I think I said this before, but I'd just adore the floor he walked on if he stayed, but he can't. He's just, as a, as, if he's looking at his own career, the age he's at now, and he's... Probably has a few suitors lined up. You'd have thought after his performance against Liverpool, but you know, in front of the nation and all that, he has to back himself to get a better place. But maybe he's just—I'm surprised it's lasted this long. The contract things, to be honest with you, because I thought it'd be more of a clear-cut decision. But maybe he's biding his time, see who comes in, and he might decide that he wants to just stay, you know, home comforts and all that, where he knows he's going to be number one. He might just want to play. He might—I know Liverpool or a big German club might come in for him, but he might only offer him bench football. He might just want to play. He's injured enough, so probably. Wants to be on the pitch as much as he can. You know yeah, it's, it's. I think it's important to note um, from a again from what you're talking about from a personal point of view. The lad's 27. He's not mm. a kid. I know in, in goalkeeping terms, he's probably got 10 years left to go. But he's only really been playing first team football for what three seasons? Yeah, when, when we got, when we went down, it was his first season so far. Maybe. I bet I, you know. I would have to check, but I bet he's maybe not not quite even played 100 games in his career possibly yet. He had that. Half a season in the Premier League, I had a full season when we first came down, and then he was injured ever since. He's maybe over a hundred in four in, in three or four years of being a first team pro, but it's not like he's going to have enough money in the bank to retire. Yeah. Um, and so you're right. I think you're both right. I think that, that if he wants to back himself, if he wants to invest in his future. I think he has to look to move on as much as it saddens me to say. Um, but that brings us back full circle to to signings and, and goalkeepers. So. I think it means. I think if he was to leave, I think everyone would be united in their uh, appreciation of Ben Amos. Uh, Liam, I'll come to you first on that one. Get Ben Amos back. Seems a no-brainer, doesn't it? Very, yeah. very made there. Seemed to enjoy his time here. Fans liked him. He, he looked a very good stopper. Good in the air. Seen, you know, he's local. He's he's only coming from down the road, so it seems a no-brainer if the the wages the wages can work. There is quite a long list, though, of goalkeepers that have come available for free, though. Mm. I mean, I saw one myself um, over at Reading, Adam Federici. Yeah. And that... I thought, you know, that, yeah, I thought, you know, that's that, 
that's a good quality goalkeeper there with a lot of experience. It's maybe both, you know, we've lost Lonergan. We need a one and two, and I prefer it when they're quite even. Yeah. I think it makes a lot better. I don't like the set number one idea. I like every place being up for grabs. So if, you know, let's say Amos is to come in, I think we need to get somebody else of similar standards. What do you reckon? Well, that? that's not, let, let's, um, absolutely. I think, I think you're right. Again, you're absolutely right. I mean, let's not forget there is a, another goalkeeper not too far away from Amos, Mr. Al Habsley, on a free transfer as well. So the words out of my mouth, that. Mm. That's a long way. Darren Randolph from Birmingham's leaving, I believe. Scott Carson from Wigan's going. There's a few. There's a fair few. I think we need to be looking at one of those type of keepers for our second choice, definitely. But with Amos, I think the only hold-up would be his wages. He's a Premier League player. Going to be on Premier League wages. We'll want Premier League wages. Uh, it yeah. seems like we've set a few funds aside for a goalkeeper. We've apparently offered Bogdan a quite a favourable deal. So I imagine if Bogdan decides not to stay, then a lot of it can just go on to Amos if... He would come down here, which I hope he would. He is I think so. I, I think so, and I think that's the logical. Uh, that's a logical path to take, just purely because it, we, we know what he can do. He knows what we can do, and if you could sign a goalkeeper like him on, you could get him on a five-year contract, and, and you could sell him. You could even sell him after eighteen months if he does well, and you want to try and get somebody else. And you know, he's got that, that sort of option because he's only young as well. I think he's only twenty-three himself. Yeah. Um, something, something like that. So I mean, he's got he's got fifteen years in the game ahead of him. Uh, so that that'd be an absolute no-brainer for me, and I'm glad you all are in agreement there. Um, there was one bit of gossip today that I picked up on from a, um, a website, in, well, there's a, a newspaper, Barnsley Report, that Lennon's been scouting Conor Horahan. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of him, the Irish attacking midfielder who scored about, I think he scored 13 goals for Barnsley this season. Mm. Um, Dan, I'll come to you first. Have you, have you ever heard of this lad, and, and if so, what do you know? No, I've not. I, I couldn't give it. I, to be honest with you, I could not give any less of a shit a league one if I tried. I, just, I, I barely care about the championship, so knowing a player from Barnsley is just not going to happen. But um, we were actually having a debate how you, how you pronounce his name, me and Liam, before we started. So you're saying Hurahan? I'm only saying that because I, I went to school with someone called Hurahan, and, and oh, that right. looks a little bit similar to the spelling of that. Um, but yeah, I'd say Hurahan. But go on, let's have a, let's have a little... Uh, Semantics oh. lesson. How, how would you pronounce? No, it? I was I was thinking Hurrihan as well, but I was thinking maybe who I can't do it. Hurrihan, but I, I don't know. It is a weird <laughs> one. But you know, I, I it sounds like it. a more exotic signing with that one. So yeah, maybe we'll go with Hurrihan or something uh, like that. Um, but Liam, have you ever heard of the lad? I've asked some questions today because I, like you, read that questionable source and mm. asked my friend who is a Bradford fan in League One, home and away support. So I thought he'd have a bit more knowledge on it. And the report was quite good, actually. Um, he said he had a fantastic start to the season. Banging him in, banging him in, banging him in. Eased off towards the end, but so did Barnsley. But he said he was a very, very good player. So, you know, fingers crossed. And if he's Irish, you know, that's obviously going to be quite a link for us. I would expect quite a few more Irish players, to be honest, given uh, yeah. given Mr Lennon's previous. Well, I believe he came over with uh, Roy Keane when Roy Keane was manager of Sunderland, and then he fell into right. Ipswich. So he's uh, he's got that kind of, had that kind of link in the past already. But I think they only paid a couple of hundred thousand to Plymouth uh, eight, uh, twelve months ago or so. So it's going to be one that's probably you're looking at it probably cost you north of half a million quid, which maybe makes it a little bit un, uh, unlikely. But mm. it's good that we're being linked to these young players, young up and coming ones. And again, taking a punt on people from the lower leagues, got a decent pedigree behind him, a good couple of seasons of scoring goals as well. Absolutely, why not? Um, but we'll call that a, a, a day, just for this, uh, segment number one. Uh, we'll have a short toilet break, and then we'll come back and we'll crack on talking about uh, what else is going on in the world of Bolton Wanderers. So stay tuned. We'll be back shortly. Good evening and a happy bank holiday, one and all. Welcome back to segment two of Love Pod 12. Uh, the only place to get your Bolton Wanderers gossip, lies, bullshit and terrible jokes. Uh, I'm joined by Dan and by Liam this evening. Good evening, lads. Hey, bye. How's it going? I, I, don't, know right. I, said, I don't know why I said bye then. That's but, really but, weird. Yeah, that's a bit demeaning that, to be honest with you, especially as I'm older than you. And, uh, by some distance. And, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, let, let's uh, let's put that one behind us and move on. <laughs> Segment two is a bit of a, a bit of a wild card one. We, we planned it. In a manner of speaking, but we are going to wing it a little bit, which may come as a surprise that this programme isn't planned within an absolute inch of its life. Um, on the subject of ex, ex-Wanderers at the moment, at this moment in time, uh, in the, the most recently departed ones being uh, the 13 who were let go last week. Now, I, as I live in Preston, I've been subjected to their uh, playoff torments and woes over the last few years. But that all came to an end, yes. 
yesterday in quite spectacular style with uh, a certain Jay Beckford grabbing the headlines along with his, his shirt that made a, a quick disappearance. Now, I noticed that woman got named and shamed on Twitter tonight, so that'll be fun tomorrow when her life's ruined for pinching his, his shirt. Mm. But playoff hat-tricks, Beckford obviously has been told uh, he's got no future at Wanderers. His contract hasn't been renewed. We have spoken in the past about how whether we think that's a good thing or not, so we'll try not to go over all ground too much. But in the absence of anything else to talk about about Wanderers, uh, Liam, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, did you watch the final? How do you think Beckford did? And uh, do you think he's got a future in, in any respect in the Championship? Well, I think, first of all, it's very fair to raise this point again, given what happened over the weekend. Jermaine Beckford you know, has, has taken Preston up, really, with his performances, not just over the weekend, but throughout the playoffs and yeah. towards yeah. the end of the season, scoring a lot of important goals. I think he's scored more it, it, for them it, 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 than it, it, he has for us, hasn't he? By quite a while, yeah. He's got 11 for us in a year and a half and scored 18 for them in 26 games, which... 18 even, since November. Don't even get me started. Yeah, so fair enough. You know, he's, he's obviously gone there and he's done the business. As for... Bottom Wanderers, I think we can fairly say we've given Jermaine Beckford enough chances. Sometimes it just doesn't work out at a particular club. That doesn't necessarily mean he's a poor player, and he's showing that showing that very much at Preston. I yeah. think it's fair to say as well that no one's ever said that League One isn't Jermaine Beckford's level. You know, he's he's got a formidable record at that level. Can he do it in the Championship? Yeah, of course he can, with the right club and with the right players around him that fit him particularly, because there's a lot of times at Bolton, where he just seemed completely out of sync with what we were doing. Um, no fault of his own, really. He's, just, he's a player very much set in his way. And uh, I don't think he's got a future at ourselves, but I do wish him the best of luck. And to be fair, I hope he's signed to Preston, actually. I think he'll do well there. Yeah, I agree. It's I agree, oh, uh, Dan. Oh, stepping on each other's toes here. Well, we're out of sync. Well, that's fine. I was just going just gonna to ask you for your uh, your perspective and, and, and what do you think? So, yeah, it's just it's just really, really annoying seeing how good he's been there. Like his second goal yesterday was a, a really, really good. Like, he's a week of four outside yeah. the box. And his third one as well was just him raging through and just sliding it delicately past the keeper. It's just, it's just looking at it going, why, why couldn't you do that for <laughs> us? I know we never played to his strengths really, but... It is infuriating because he, he, he did miss some sitters for us and never looked as interested as he has at Preston. But I think he's a, just a confidence player. That he's He obviously loves work playing under Simon Grayson, which he's done at Leeds and, um, and Preston now. And he just, he's just ripping up for them. Him, him and Garner for a middle partnership. And it's just, it, is, it is nice to see him and I think he will stay at Preston. I, I could see him actually doing well next year because we can all say League One is his level, which it is. I don't care when he says it is, but... Confidence plays a big part in it, and if Grayson just can get him firing again this year, he will score loads as well, because defences aren't that good in the Championship, as surprising as that may seem. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, um, how somebody can just look like a completely different player depending on who he's playing for and with. I mean, we've seen that both ways, where we've taken players in the past who were waifs and strays and never really had anything to do. Um, And then they're playing for Bolton, all of a sudden, you know, people like David Lee or Jason McAteer, etc., come from humble beginnings, and turn themselves into top players. But then we've had the other way around, where we've had top players who've come to Bolton and look like they've never seen a football before. So there's all kinds of different factors that can uh, that can come into it. Now, uh, I think I noticed one person's put a stat on Twitter yesterday. Now, I confess I had quite a lot of Copper Dragon yesterday, so my, my memory's a little bit fuzzy. But Beckford in the Championship was something like one, one goal in every five or six games, whereas in League One, it's uh, one in every two, something, something crackers like that. It's an unbelievable record he's got in his career. Mm. And I, I'm torn in between two two stations really because I do think he's a confidence player, obviously, but I'm I'm a firm believer in players having their having and finding their level. We've seen in the past how people have struggled at Bolton. We've seen in the past how players, I mean, just look at players that left us for big money. And Elka aside, Stubbs, McAteer, Sasakurchich, Alan Thompson. For me, I don't think they were ever as good at the clubs they went to as they were at Bolton. Um, and that, that that's going up a level, that's going down a level as well. I think sometimes people just fit a club, it suits them, they play well, and they can take it from they take it from there. I think Beckford falls in that gap. I, I think he will stay at Preston. Uh, Grayson was making making comments about that in the paper today. I was reading, uh, in fact, on the on the website today, I was reading some stories trying to find out about that shirt pinching thing. It's absolutely fascinated me. Oh, that's um, amazing. Yeah, and 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 Grayson was obviously saying that the goals he scored, the fact they got promoted, means they can probably afford someone like that now whereas previously they couldn't do. There was also a, a link yeah, to uh, a story of them being taking Craig, da- Craig Davies back as well. Bit of a two-for-one deal at the uh, the Wanderers' sale there. Um, would you miss him? 
Liam, really? End of the day? No, no. Uh, they go with both of them, to be fair, would go with, you know, my best wishes, but I wouldn't miss either of them, to be honest. No, you know? Dan, I think, can we say the same for yourself? Yeah, yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I actually wouldn't be surprised if Lollingen ended up going back to Preston as well. Get a hat trick of Bolton Rejects going down there and having a grand old time together. Yeah, well, he's a Preston lad, isn't he, mm-hmm. after all? Very interesting. Um, Matt Mills is another one, linked with Nottingham Forest again in the papers this last couple of days. Um, a, a few stories saying it's a done deal and that Forrest have, have done some sort of dodgy deal under this £10,000 salary cap. But with financial fair play looking like it's going to be, if not suspended indefinitely, just completely dis- dis- disbanded and got rid of, um, do you think that's going to be a good move for him? Obviously, Dougie doesn't like to shop at uh, his old clubs. But Mills to Forrest does make a certain kind of sense given their defensive woes in the last season, Dan. I thought... Mills was largely shit under Friedman, so why would he want to go back there? Like Lennon, Len, um, Mills only came quite good when Lennon came in, really. In like, I thought, so yeah, I think I'd, I'd agree. So yeah, so I, was, I think it's a bit of a strange one, especially with like the reputation Friedman had amongst all the players after leaving. Yeah, it's strange for me. I, I like you said, defensive woe. I can't see him being too much of a help to that either, really. No. Definitely not, Dan Mills. Do you think he's uh, again Championship? He's not going to get a move to the Premier League, is he? Um, nah, not at all. He's Championship level, and he probably probably wouldn't be too bad of a move for Forest, really, especially with the embargo they're on or whatever it is. But it is just a strange one, to be honest with you. Liam, what are your feelings? Just very unspectacular, isn't it? Really? Yeah. You know, it's um, <laughs> Dougie Freeman's scouting network's just his iPhone for me. You know, the guy doesn't have a clue about anything else other than players that he's worked with or clubs that he's worked with, or people he's met on coaching courses. It was a real concern for me when we had him. And for me, if I was a Forest fan, it'd be alarm bells going and going and going when we link with players like that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Mills is, is he's one of those players, isn't he, that's had a, a, a long career. He's been around 10 years or so. He's probably earned a fortune. But then five minutes after he retires, everyone's going to forget he ever played football. He's one of them. Not going to be uh, a shame. Not going to be sad to see him go. Now he has left, obviously. And I think him and Freeman are a good mix because uh, they both appear to be uh, a pair of twats. Um, again, just on this, this very, very short segment, Luke Woodland has received a call-up well to the Philippine squad for some World Cup qualifiers. I said last week I was disappointed that we didn't get a chance to see him in the first team. Um, but, but what do you both think? I'll come to you first, Liam. Um, congratulations, I suppose. Um, I mean, what is there really to read into it? Over, I don't know. You know, good luck to him. It, if it can help him in terms of finding another club, has, has he signed with anyone yet? I don't believe he has. No, I think Oldham say Oldham was saying that they were going to look at bringing him back, which isn't surprising. Then yeah, you know, if it helps these courses on that, then you know, all the best to him. But I know a few of you have mentioned. I mean, I I don't know to be honest. I I don't watch the under twenty ones as much as I probably should in terms of giving an opinion to people. But you know. He seems to me that they've seen enough of him and they haven't gambled on him. So if he finds another club, then you know we've done our jobs, haven't we? Yeah, that's true. Um, Dan, do you want to just bring this bit to a close and uh, and any comments you've got to make about about this departure or at least about any of the departures? Actually, say whatever you want, mate. We've got loads of time. No, no I think with Woodland, I just wish we had have given him just one more chance. Really, I think he got unlucky with a bad injury, and there was obviously been an England youth international and now a full international with the Philippines. I tweeted. I thought he was like from UAE. Not what's what's yeah. his relation? Why is I think he was born in born in the Middle East. His parent, one of his parents, is from the Philippines, I believe. Oh, um, yeah. So it's a slightly convoluted path to playing for the Philippines national team. But it's like big news, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, that Liam Feeney going playing for Northern Ireland. You know, one of those sort of things. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I, I don't think I don't think he's uh, if he's ever even been to the Philippines or. Uh, you know, Phoenix probably never even been to Northern Northern Ireland, but maybe Lennon's had the part to play in that. But since we've got nothing else to talk about on this one, I'm going to throw you on. I've not prepared this question to you, and you've Ooh. not had a chance to think about it. So I want to know who's your top transfer target this summer. I'm going to come to you first. I'm going to come to Dan. Yes. Uh, <laughs> right, are we talking if we had money or being realistically? No, we're talking real world. Oh fuck! Um, I don't really have a name as such. But, oh, man, that's a... You're throwing me under the bus there, man. Well, um, that's the idea. I'm, I'm keeping yeah. you in toes. It's a new world, my friend. For the backup keeper, I'd love Jesko Leiden to come back for one more year. That'd be like an absolute dream. But he's not exactly in most the biggest priority. 
But um, loads of dead area, but I'll try and think of one there. I think a striker it's that's fine, a, don't worry. Like I yeah, said, we've got time. We've I'll got let time. it all out. Edit it all out, don't you worry. Um, it's got to be, it's got to have to be a striker in it or a right back. So maybe, I'm, right, I'm editing all right. Don't worry about how long this is taking because this will all get edited out. I'm getting my list up for free. I'm getting my list up for free. You can, you can uh, we'll, we'll come in with something with a proper answer in a, in a second. Then I'll, I know I threw you on the spot a little bit there, both of you, but I just thought we'd, we'd elongate it a little tiny bit. Oh, no bit. worries. It's just this quietness. That's, this will all be gone. You'll sound beautiful oh. when you sit. Don't be scared of the don't be scared of the silence, Dan. No, don't embrace it. The power of the pause. <laughs> have you got <laughs> your answer? Have you got your answer, Liam? While I'm like I have. through, you go for I it. have. Go I, for it. I've got two. Fire I've away. Got two. Right. Well, two signings I would go for. I think first of all we need to address, and this is on the assumption that Darren Prattle would go, the combative battling midfielder. And for me, there's one outstanding candidate for that, and he is available, and it's Rodolf Austin oh, from Leeds. That. Yeah, it has to. For me, I've been a I've been a fan for a long time, and that grit is exactly what we need in our midfield. Um, and I think he'd drag players like Vela and Mark Davis along with him, and I just think it'd be a perfect signing for us. And he'd even give him the armband, to be honest. Um, and as well as that, I would probably look to try and get Paddy McCarthy back in on longer terms. I think he was a a, a calming presence that we really needed back there. I think we've got a lot of mistakes and a lot of nervousness in our defence all across the back four or back three or whatever we played there and I think with McCarthy that did alleviate quite a lot because he's someone who's not only experienced but seems to have some fucking sense with his experience as well so they're the two that I would go for Chris, Dan who wants to come in first? Well, tell you what we'll do. We'll give Dan a little bit more thinking time. So I think I can I can almost uh, sense the sweat pouring down his head as I put him on the spot from here. So yeah, I'm going to come in with a with a former Leeds player, one that I saw play a few years ago, and he really really impressed me. And he's just been released because of injury. Um, and his his name's Ad White. I'm not oh, sure yeah. if you've heard yes. of him. But yeah. He's yes. a, a left sided defender, left sided midfielder, real attacking instinct. Probably quite similar to Andy Kelly in that respect. Well, a bit bigger, a bit stronger, a bit faster, and uh, and a little bit older as well. So yeah, I'd go with Ad White. He's had injury troubles, and granted, we've not had the best injury record ourselves. But it's the sort of player that you wouldn't mind your club taking a gamble on. I think. Uh, yeah, so I, I think I'd go with him. I'm not going to give another one because I want to see what Dan's got up no, his sleeve. I just want to bring like talk about the points you've made. Like, yeah, Ad White. I, I saw that he was released. I wasn't sure if it was that one or if it was a different one, but yeah. he would be an interesting signing. But I think, as I've said a few times, I'm t- tired of us signing players with bad history problems because it only leads to injuries. Funnily enough, yeah, true, so, true, true. For me, I'd get stop that. But and with Rudolf Alston. I think he's shit. Every time I've seen him, he's just been so underwhelming. He's meant to be this big hard man, and he just dives all the time and just re. No, I'm not gonna be mean, but he's just he's just so underwhelming. He dived for that penalty against us this season at home. Yeah, it? that's true. But he won a penalty against us this season. It, it was a dive. He won a penalty <laughs> against us. He, he's in everything. He's he's a top player. Nah, I think if he were that good, Leeds would be trying help. Yeah, would be trying to keep him more personally, and I, I don't really. I think Leeds have got enough problems. Oh, yeah, I don't really know the situation there. but um, Yeah, I think he's better off getting out of Leeds while he can. I think beggars can't be choosers with that, and it, it wouldn't be a bad addition, but I, he's not one I rate that highly. But on mine, I've got my list up now of the free agents. Harmeet Singh from Mulder is a really interesting one I'd like us to go for if that ever, if Lennon's scouting trip ever materialise into anything. So I think just a, just a player who we've, nobody knows anything about, just a just to spark things, um, liven things up for once, because it's been a while since we've just signed a completely random from a foreign league, I think. So Daniel I, Bratton springs to mind. Well, just because they're both Norwegian. <laughs> but yeah, he, he, he's one I find interesting. And then just going through my list, which hasn't even been published yet, so like, spoilers. But um, Ipswich have actually got a lot of players out of contract, actually. I tell you, McGoldrick Murphy, Ooh. Paul Anderson and Jay Tab are all out of contract at Ipswich. Like Daryl so, Murphy. Yeah. Top goal scorer this year. Yeah, I'm surprised about that. I mean, he must be holding him, holding out for. Uh, I could see him signing for someone like uh, Norwich or someone like that on the mm. cheap. But like this, is side note, it's off transfer market, so it good chance this won't be true. But yeah, all four of them apparently out of contract. I wouldn't mind any of them really. I think J Tab solves the midfield um, problem you were discussing, Liam. And I think McGoldrick and Murphy both good goal Well, Mur- Murphy has been for one year. McGoldrick's proven it year after year that he's a good striker. So. And do you know what, 
Go and with that as well, if we signed either um, Murphy or McGoldrick, they could probably sneak JTAB in the rucksack. The <laughs> yeah, <as> well. <laughs> I think the only the only downside to Murphy would be is obviously he played under London at Celtic and Celtic didn't and London didn't really fancy him there, did he? Well, I think this is, the, this is the first decent goal scoring season oh, of his easily. of his career, isn't it? So. You know, some some players are late bloomers. I mean, you can't blame Lennon for letting him go if his record wasn't that yeah. great at the time. So I wouldn't worry about that too much. Um, but yeah, so that's interesting. So there's obviously a lot of options out there for Lennon. I know we've managed to make uh, chicken salad out of chicken shit with this segment, but I think it's uh, it's interesting to think that we might be able to take up some of these players. Ipswich, we know they like to be run on a budget. We know that there's there's a few decent players there, and and obviously they performed a lot better than us over the season. And anyone that thrives with Mick McCarthy's obviously got the mindset that Lennon's going to want to bring in. Uh, so on that basis, I think I'd be quite happy with any of those names. I mean, they definitely boost the squad, if not the first team, straight away. Because um, I think we had to make do with a lot of players last season who, you know, best will in the world. No names mentioned, Phoenix, <coughs> excuse me. Um, probably wouldn't get in the first team otherwise. And I know that was the line that, that annoyed Neil Dan so much. And I make no bones of about saying it because I still believe it we had a lot of players who spent time in the team who ideally wouldn't have done and we had we had no choice so I think we're going to see the parachuting in of a lot of, of uh, guaranteed first team starters this summer now we've had the big clear out uh, hopefully in the next few days as well um, OK great well, well we'll call that a day on that one I think I used that uh, that line before as well but never mind um, segment 3 is coming up in a minute we'll talk about pre-season so uh, hold on to your hats we'll be back after this short break Welcome back to the is it the third segment? It is, isn't it? Blimey, the third segment of Love Pod Twelve, where we are going to talk about Wanderers pre-season plans. I've got Liam and I've got Dan with me tonight. We normally got four people on, including myself, um, due to a, a variety of reasons: people being away or people having exams or so on like that. We had no fourth person tonight, so we're coming at you once again with Liam, Dan, and myself. So. Wanderers' first team pre-season tour will take in a nice little trip to Austria. Very pleasant. Before away games at Morecambe, Oldham, Scunthorpe, Port Vale and one home game. Opposition to be confirmed. Mm, it's an interesting schedule. I'm a big believer. I don't know if it's true or if it's just my own thoughts about playing. The, the quality of the team that you play reflects the quality of the start that you make. And it seems like for the last few years, Wanderers have been starting very, very slowly. And I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but is there a direct correlation between us playing Newport, playing Bury, playing teams like that, and starting the season on a bad foot? Dan, come to you first. Um, no, I don't. I think there's there's merit in that. There could be, but I think if you watch most clubs at our level, even higher, they they'd all play lower league clubs. So I don't think there's mm. too much. And like last season, we played one of the best teams in Denmark. So where what can you do really with that? And we played Chelsea's reserves on last day of season, didn't we? With Vitesse, wasn't it? Vitesse on last the last pre-season game last year. I think it was. When, when did we play Betis? When was that? Oh, that was years ago. That one, I'm pretty oh. sure. And because it was Barcelona B the season before that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah that's actually right. a really good game. Actually, that was a great game. That like Delafeu scored, didn't he? I think. Yeah, and uh, Big Marvin. If I'm not mistaken. <laughs> well, yes. I wonder what he's up to these days. Burnley bench. I suspect. Yeah, well, especially if uh, it, you know with Burnley coming down, I think there's like every chance they're going to want to keep him. Personally, I don't think they want to let him go. Um, but Darren, Liam, I mean, do you even care who we play in the pre-season, really? No, I, I, to be honest, I think all I've really read into this is that they seem quite local for those that that, mm. that go. You know, I might try and go to ones to give me something to talk about in these podcasts because there's only so much I can wing it before people are going to call me out. So. <laughs> um, maybe Morecambe that looks it's nice Morecambe 17th is that a Friday? it is uh, it's the only oh, one I can yeah. get to that'd be quite nice yeah, I, might, I, might, I might go to that that'd be, that'd be alright I find it interesting the names of the stadiums as well they, they, they have they have really gone downhill haven't they I mean hmm. Morecambe's at the Globe Arena and then we're at Oldham at the SportsDirect.com Park and then we're away at Scunthorpe and that's all right. that's Glanford Park and then Port Vale with the imaginative Vale Park and then we've got the Macron Stadium so it's you know it's uh, I'm reading into things that probably you know people are better off listening to other things but what can I say about pre-season friendlies other than that have you ever been to any of those grounds before not one of them Uh, no I tell a lie I've been to all them I went to the FA Cup game Um, I think we won 4-0 I think I think you're right I I think think that might have been I think that might have been my first ever away game was it FA Cup third round 
How long ago are you talking? Because didn't we beat them 1-0 a couple of years ago in the FA Cup? Maybe like five or six years ago? No, it's quite a while ago. I think I, that I was, was about 12-13. So, um, I reckon the second or third year in the Prem. So, okay. it was quite a while ago. But I, oh, I remember... Yep, yeah, no, no, no. It's all come back to me now. They yeah, didn't Stelios score as well. Yes, that's it. Yeah, that was the game. Yeah, my first, yeah, my first away game, that. I remember. Yeah, I've been to Oldham a few times. I've been to. Uh, I haven't been to Scunthorpe, but I went to Port Vale on the season we got promoted. I think it was ninety six, ninety seven, or ninety seven, ninety eight. When we got the hundred points, one we won one nil. I think we won one nil. It might have been one all, but Alan Thompson scored. I remember that. Um, but yeah, last game of the season, uh, last pre uh, preseason game, I should say, at home against the Reebok. Hopefully, it's somebody interesting. Um, I, I can't say it's been that interesting as of late, but I don't know. I, I am a believer in the in the, the schedule that you you set yourself setting you up. And I've not really got any evidence for it. It's just a gut feeling. But we'll see. Obviously, I've had that sort of uh, issue in the past where we had Chungi's broken, yeah. for example, away to Newport. Um, there's going to be uh, there's going to be some supplementary games as well where Bolton 11, as they call them, go to places like Atherton and, uh, yes. and so on. And I, and I wanted to bring the conversation around to that, Dan, uh, with I know your, your interest in that. What can you tell us about them? They're actually, mate, they absolutely smashed their league this year. They scored over 200 goals. The striker, Mark Basby, scored over 60 goals. They've absolutely ripped that league up this year. It's because Michael Clegg's manager and the really good team. United. Um, maybe. Yeah, I think it is, actually, yeah, because he's had a... He's, you know, he knows lots of people in the game and stuff. Makes yeah. me Nicky on, that's why I'm trying to get on about the old uh, intros, but alas, oh. I have no to yet. If you're listening, give us a bell. But, yeah... Um, yeah, they're a really good team, actually, because I can't wait for that game. I think that's the 4th of July, which is cracking, because it's two, a couple of days before I go away. So I'll be, get down there. Nice little ground all the rest, and it'll be a good game, that. Good to spit them against the uh, old local boys. But um, I think no it's excuses. interesting. No excuses for you not doing a match report that day, then. Oh, I'll definitely be in, don't you worry. But um, I think it's quite interesting, going back to the first team, the pre-season schedule we have thus far. I think Dan Hooker did tweet saying that they're looking to arrange some games in Austria. But obviously nothing's been confirmed as of yet. But I think it's quite interesting how Liam's made the good point. They're all local games. I do like how all our pre-season friendlies will be all be local. And so not as much travelling and that type of stuff. It's easy, not as much um, weight to bear and that type of stuff. And I think it's interesting in comparison to last season where we played eight pre-season games compared to only five so far. Lennon's approach is more play a bit less to res- to preserve um, fitness and that type of stuff and not risk injury as much compared to Friedman, which was obviously um, play loads of games and didn't really work out. So I thought that was a little interesting to see how he does pre-season compared to Friedman. Yeah, I think, um, Liam, you might know this as, you, as our resident Glasgow Celtic expert on all matters, whether that, that reflects Lennon's thinking on a, on a <laughs> philosophical point um, about starting the season on the front foot, being fresh and not having tired legs a good few weeks and uh, and I think from my point of view I think, I think that's absolutely correct what do you think? Well that's something Lennon struggled with when he was at Celtic because the problem he had is he'd have to start qualifying for Europe quite early on Yeah, mm. and, not, and not only that Celtic often have a lot of commercial you know games to play as well so you know you'd have games where they wouldn't play in a league game because they were playing Feyenoord in the Feyenoord Cup or something you know they, they were dragged around a little bit and I know we found it quite frustrating when he was there maybe you know, maybe there is something in that. Now he's got a little bit more freedom with it and he's not having to start playing against FC Bosnia in the middle of July. You know, he, he can yeah. properly plan it. It might be a blessing for him, really. I agree. I think it is It is going to be a good point. And I'm in total agreement, I think, with Dan said about the travel time as well. Because obviously going to the Austria is fine. Allardyce did a lot of similar things, didn't he? Going to the Italian hills, that sort of thing. Make sure that we've got a good training camp. Get a good base fitness in for the rest of the season. And hopefully, fingers crossed, keep uh, keep injuries down to an absolute minimum. Uh, so we all hope that. Uh, are you going to be getting to any other ones apart from the uh, the, the Atherton one, Dan? I think I'm going to try and get to Morecambe. That's the one game that's on before I can before I go away again. So hopefully, I'll get down to that one. Friday. I can drive now, so maybe I'll get with the old sat nav out and have a wee drive down. So hopefully, I get to that one. But I won't be able to get to any rest. But so on the, on talking about Celtic, I obviously not having extra friendly with them. That's that's poor game that. Apart from obviously they probably could um, qualify for Champions League, but we should be getting a friendly with Celtic. I don't even care. It'd be good commercially for us if we had it at the Macron. I tell you that. Yeah, exactly. Um, there'd be. Well, you'd, you'd certainly you certainly not need to worry about selling out the away end in that respect, would you? No, they'd give them a side. They'd sell ten to fifteen thousand tickets. They they love coming down to England. 
they don't get the opportunity enough. Um, but I, you know, I think he's probably trying to cool that down. There may well be a friendly with Celtic at some point in the yeah. future. I won't be surprised. Last home game's not confirmed yet, so it's hoping. But I imagine. Well, I imagine this that season will be, be well underway there, won't it? Yeah, it's got to be against it's got to be against someone, I suppose, isn't it? But that's interesting. Okay, lads. Well, a nice quick brief segment there. I think again we managed to do all right out of that, since we only made about two lines of comment in the planning in advance. Uh, so, yep, yeah, stick with us. We've got Twitter co- uh, question to come. If I can get my words out right, and we'll be back after this short break. So stay where you are. All right, it's the fourth and final segment of Love Pod 12. Uh, I'm Chris. I've also got Dan and Liam with me here uh, via Skype, not in the same house. We don't live together or anything like that. Neither are we collectively a man called Steve. The Twitter, 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 Twitter question, Twitter question this week was, when was your first Bolton game? Who did we play? And most importantly, did we win? Um, some fantastic answers, diverse answers over the years. We had one person say they were at the White Horse final, um, which... <laughs> Judging from his Twitter profile photo, either he's got fantastic jeans and probably a lifetime supply of uh, Olay products. He, he may have been having us on a little bit there, but fair play to you. That's the reply I would have given if I wasn't setting the question in the first place. So we'll dive straight in, and then we'll come to Liam, Dan and myself, and we'll just quickly go through our first games, and then we'll, uh, we'll try and think of a Twitter question for you for next week, because we've not done that yet. So, James Derbyshire at J Derbyshire BWFC. Everton 3, Bolton 2. Late Jaidi deflected own goal, which technically cost us Champions League football. Interesting, I remember that one very well. Uh, never seen us win at Everton. Very frustrating. We didn't go the year we won, we won there 4 0. Mm, annoyed me that. Uh, Scott Miles at Scott Miles 87. Now, this is a one that sits well in my memory. At 1993, May, Preston 1 0 McGinley penalty. Now, you lads, are, you're on these little mites then. I was what, let me think, I would have been 10. And I, I remember going with my dad, sat in the lever end that day. Referee turned us down about four absolute nailed-on penalties. Nailed-on penalties, they were. And then with about five minutes to go, he gave the softest penalty I've ever seen anyone get <laughs> in their whole life. We won 1-0. We got promoted. I ran on the pitch. I picked up some grass. I took it home in my pocket, put it in a plant pot on my windowsill, and then wondered why it didn't grow. What a great day that was. Henry Porteous, Henry BWFC, Bolton v Leicester, 2003. 2-2 at home, had a season ticket ever since. There were 28,000 on at the Reebok. How times have changed. I think that might have been the game that Allardyce was mic'd up to the, uh, to the heart monitors when it Mike was. Riley did the, uh, did the old two sendings off, the swine. Uh, right, we've got Ginny Hadfield, so for the cat's mum. I hope the cat's well. We've also got our official love dog and love budgies. Uh, not made an appearance yet tonight. but He's outside now, now so yeah. bide your time. <laughs> now we've got the official love cat. Uh, so, so for the cat's. Hope you're doing well. My first ever BWFC game was a pre-season game at the Reebok VPNE, Preston North End. Can't remember the score, but the game was abandoned because lightning struck electric substation, caused all the lights to go out and they couldn't get them back on again. I remember that one clearly, very clearly. Sean Scott Stevens at Jono Sean, pre-season friendly v Blackpool at Burnden, 1993. We lost 3-1 and Trevor Sinclair scored twice. Trevor Sinclair, I think he was a berry lad if I remember rightly. Uh, Fogarty at JJF22. My first game was May 2011 at home to Sunderland. Sadly, we lost 2-1 and Zenden was offside. I presume he means when he scored. He probably was offside quite a bit as well. Uh, down the Manny Road. Now, this is the one that made me smile. At Down the Manny Road on Twitter. Very imaginative. Lever end. Bottle of Coke behind the goal. My team won 38-26. Can't remember the game. Many, many an afternoon spent. Much of the frustration of my uncle where I wasn't even watching the football they'd taken me to. Kicking a, a flattened kind of pop around at the bottom of the lever end. It was some great oh, memories. Is that what that is? I had no idea what that meant at all. The yeah, all, yeah. yeah used to, all, all the kids used to be sent forward by the dads and their uncles to uh, to have a kick about. And, and it just used to be going on while the game was going on. It used to last an hour and a half. You'd stop for half time while you had a drink or something like that. And then you'd start on again. It was like a rite of passage. And then as oh, you, yeah. We used to play. As you it. grew up. And you, Sorry, oh. we, we used to play when the Macron was actually full. And just downstairs in the concourse where the big door is, the big door would be the goal and then the miserable bastard stewards would keep telling us off. <laughs> they were the days. There you go. So different generations, the same idea. Um, right, brilliant. Uh, Gareth Westhead at BWSE Boy. Boy spelt in the uh, the Celtic fashion, Bahoy. Uh, South End away, 1994-95. We lost 2-1, but instantly hooked with the noise our supporters made. Still am 20 years on. I presume he means he's still hooked and not 
with the noise our supporters make because that's not the same as it ever was. Sam Heathcote at SJ Heathcote, Boxing Day 2002 against Newcastle, 1-4-3. One of my favourite Ricardo Gardner goals in that game. I remember it very, very clearly. Uh, Matthew Williams at Matty Williams 19. I went to a friendly at Blackpool when I was five, forgot the score. First I really remember was Borough at home 2001, Ricketts winner. Hmm. Great one, that one. Michael Wickett scoring against Borough as well, so quite a coincidence there. The team went on to represent. Christopher McKee, at Chris underscore McKee 84. Wow, this is an obscure one. I don't remember this. April 1993, Bolton 5, Chester 0 at Burnham Park. I'm interested to uh, look into that one a bit more and see who was playing that day. Uh, we've got Kaza, at Kazaski. 1-1 v Sheffield United at Burnham. It was distinctly average. Well, there you go. That's a lot of games at Burnham you could describe as that one. Last couple, we've got Glenn underscore Ashworth. Glenn Ashworth, Halifax Town at Burnham Park. Not sure on the year, but it was in the 80s. We won 6-0. Those were the days. Uh, I'm not going to say lol, although I just did. Uh, Dan of the Avenue at Dan of the Avenue to finish. Everton at home in 1996. Mixu scored first and Paul Rideout equalised. Uh, I don't remember that one, but I remember seeing Mixu score against Wolves, I think it was. A fantastic goal. Uh, Swindon. Swindon it was. He'd been out injured for a long, long time. I think this was 90. 596 maybe he came back and we scored and we won I think we won 4-0 that day brilliant um, Dan can you remember as far back as your first game for Wanderers about, yes. 18, about 18 months ago something mm-hmm. like that? yes I can it was actually I don't count this as my first game because I had no interest in it at all I just sat in the stands sulking eating Pringles and Skittles because I was bored it wasn't much into football when I was a wee in but um, it was the Leicester 2-2 one I think I, I, I just remembered little like little snippets of it, and I think it was that one, but my first game that I actually cared about and what I count as my first game was the start of the 06, no, 05, 06, either 05, 06 or 06, 07, one there, and uh, the 2-0 against Tottenham Hotspur, Ivan Campo from 40 yards, my first ever, first ever Bolton Wanderers goal that I remember, and yeah, that, and then Kevin Davis smashing a header in, I think, that that got me hooked, hook, line and sinker there. Brilliant. Liam? I was a lot earlier, but I tend to remember my first season rather than the game in particular. Um, I started going on the fantastic year, really, 96-97, the last year at Burnham where we won the league. There's quite a few standouts in terms of you know what I do remember. But particularly, I remember beating Swindon 7-0 at home. Um, Bergson scored twice. Yeah, it was, just, it was just an absolutely brilliant performance. And I was I remember being stood on the... Uh, Stood on my dad's uh, shoulders on the lever end while they just kept flying in and flying in and flying in. Um, it's been, uh, it seems <laughs> a long time ago now, though. That's a brilliant one. That I remember that really clearly. I remember it as well because it was in the early days we had Sky in our house and there was uh, a report. It wasn't Sky Sports News. It's long, long before that, but they still had a news program every now and then on the a couple of times a day on the station. There was a, a Swindon journalist who was crying his eyes out. He, he, was, he couldn't believe it. He was so upset that he'd lost by seven. He was crying on the radio. That was a great one. Um, I've, I've tried to find the exact date and, and, uh, and details of the, my first game, but I've narrowed it down to either 1992 or 1991. Uh, Brighton at home, we won 1-0. I sat in the lever end and I went actually on a freebie with my uncle because he was good mates with Dave Felgate, who was in goal at the time. And um, we won 1-0, like I said, Fulton scored. The guy whose son plays for Swansea now, I think he was called Steve Fulton. I can't remember oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, basically, I remember Brighton had a bright pink kit and they had a penalty in the first half and I'd been watching football for a couple of years before that and I remember saying to my uh, my uncle why there was no replay when he had, it was handball and I wanted to know why what had happened and he just looked at me like I was an idiot and, and carried on And but Felgate saved the penalty he went back to the uh, to his house after that and played Desert Strike with his son on his computer for a bit and I got sent home with a pair of his gloves as well that day so they're probably worth well nothing these days but no, some great answers there I mean it's, it's interesting isn't it how, how diverse the fan base is we've got games back as far as the White Horse final, so to speak. <laughs> We've got teams like Halifax Town at Burnden in the 80s from Glenn, um, Mick Sue from Dan back in the 90s as well, plus the, the more recent ones, including yourself, Dan. And uh, it's great, I think, isn't it? Just to see yeah. how it, different areas remember their first games and how important it is to them. So thanks, everyone, for their answers there. So I, I guess, uh, unless you guys have got any other business, that brings things to a bit of an end for, for Love Pod 12. Um, you can yeah. find us, as ever, at lineofviennasuite.com. Um, plenty new articles going up in the coming days, um, including the debut from Quentin X, uh, our latest assimilation from, from Vital Bolton. He was the former editor on there. Uh, he's got a piece that's due to go up in the next couple of days. So that's well worth keeping an eye out for. 
Also, the Twitter, at Line of Vienna Stee. Uh, we'll work out who Stee is at some point. Um, but, Dan, where can we find you on the internet? As always, I am at Mabrowski, so come and say hey. Liam? Nowhere. I don't like new people. <laughs> I don't like change. No. But if you <laughs> if you do have to, no, it, it's on uh, Liam underscore Almira. Brilliant. Well, I'm at 90Manning83, same as I was last week. Come and say hello. Don't be offended if I don't reply. Um, but I probably will reply because I like talking to people on the internet, as you may tell. So I guess that call, that uh, means we're going to call it a day. Lads, thanks for your time. And we'll see you next week for Love Pod 13, uh, Unlucky for Some. So have a good one. Everyone out there, have a good one. Lennon, sign some players, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Bye.